You're listening to the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Each week, you'll hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Americans for Truth Hour will help you to stay informed and engaged on the side of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with us as we work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. And now, here's Peter LaBarbera. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Pete LaBarbera with the Americans for Truth Hour. Uh, it's been a while since we've been on the air. We've been doing a lot of uh, activism, and we had to show some, air some uh, old shows uh, just to keep going here. But uh, I'm excited to be uh, back in Illinois, and I've got a great guest here. Uh, our guest is Steve Noble, uh, who is a uh, who I got to meet while I was in North Carolina speaking out in uh, in favor of the uh, marriage protection amendment that's on the ballot. And uh, there's a big fight there. There's a, a vote on May eighth in North Carolina to uh, add a constitutional amendment to the ba- to the uh, uh, a marriage protection amendment in North Carolina, similar to uh, the thirty plus odd states that have uh, marriage protection added to their constitution. Steve, are you on the line? I am. Thank you, Peter. Hey, thanks for being here, especially on short notice. I got the opportunity to meet Steve uh, just as he was interviewing me for his uh, Raleigh, uh, North Carolina radio program. It's called Call to Action. And uh, I'd heard about Steve because I work with Patrick Wooden, who's a we've had on the show here, who's a great activist. And he raved about Steve, and uh, I understood what he meant when I got to talk with uh with Steve, and he's just a, a brilliant activist, a very uh, engaged, and uh, sort of a model for how uh, one person, uh, one Christian, can get involved and, and start making uh, positive change uh, with a with a gospel touch, uh, which is how all Christians should operate. We're not in this just to win the culture war uh, or uh, you know just battle on. We are supposed to be different from other people, and we are interested in the welfare of other people, and we don't hate homosexuals. We actually love them enough to tell them the truth, and uh, Steve embodies that uh, noble idea. Uh, Steve, first of all, tell us about yourself and your family and how you came to be involved the way you are now in the culture war. All right, Peter. Well, let me just thank you again for coming to Raleigh. It's uh, It's been great to have you in North Carolina. You were here for several days kind of around the state and here in Raleigh, and it was great to have you on my radio show and then to spend some time together with uh, with our friend Patrick Wooden, who I refer to, of course, as my brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us about the black-white thing on your radio yeah. show. That's hilarious. Yeah, black and white day was yesterday on my show, and, uh, and anybody wants to hear that, I mean, it's a hoot. Patrick and I uh, couldn't couldn't come from any more different backgrounds, but our love of the Lord in this country and for our fellow citizens uh, makes us uh, closer than uh, blood brothers. So it's <laughs> great to have him on, and it's great that you guys have been friends and have been working together. Well, for me... Oh, wait a minute. Now, before you go on, Steve, what yeah, is that? What, what's that website where you can listen to any of Steve Noble's uh, broadcasts? They're all archived for the last several years. Yeah, that's c2atoday.org. That's the letter C, the number two, the letter A as in Apple, today... Dot org and all the uh, all the podcasts from my Saturday show, which was national on Sirius Satellite Radio, and then I've been daily here in the Triangle Market in North Carolina for the last year. Yeah, I just go to the podcast page. Actually, in the search box, if you just put in Patrick Wooden or even just Wooden W O O D E N, you'll see every show I've ever done. With okay, and and one more plug, folks. Now I've been on the show now, so I've seen how Steve operates, and it's it's a great show uh, because it, it's. Uh, 
he's smart, uh, but it also has, uh, like I said, has the Christian touch and and like uh, what's what is it? No sacred cows. I mean, he's not afraid to talk frankly about uh, what's going on in the culture. And and so many Christians, of course, these days are so tepid and afraid of being called a name. And uh, Steve is the opposite of that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are no there are no more names to call me. So, you know, that doesn't really work for me anymore. Well, you know, transphobe has been added to the to the semantical uh, dictionary. There over the other side. Uh, there you go. Yeah, of, of hate language, right? Exactly right. Well, f- well, for me, I think uh, I got saved in 1994. The the Lord saved my wife and I at about the same time. Praise God. And uh, I was kind of a normal pew potato Christian for several years after that. Went to church, didn't really study the Bible, but I was definitely born again. But it wasn't until about 2000, uh, once we had moved from the Midwest over to the North Carolina area, that the, really 2000 was the first year I got involved in a serious Bible study. And once you really start digging into God's Word, that's when your mind really starts to get transformed. And in 2001, 2002, I started to get more involved foreign mission trips and things like that and started that kind of came out of the closet as a, as a, a pew potato. And then in 2004 is when Call to Action actually got started. We had a visiting pastor who I'm sure you'll meet in Raleigh, one of these, in North Carolina, one of these days, Mark Harris, who's the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, the state convention here in North Carolina, uh, just, just did a rip-roaring revival for three days at our church. And uh, one of his messages was out of Nehemiah 2.17, which says, Behold, Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls and remove our disgrace. And some other versions of the Bible, it might say reproach. Well, I, I Peter, was like, I think, most Christians in America. I, I was aware of the, the cultural slide, the moral morass that uh, is, is uh, become the norm in this country. But I, I really didn't do much about it. I yelled at the TV. I, I, I listened to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> But I wasn't doing much other than that. But that that scripture passage really leads to the fact that for 140 years, the Israelites had just allowed people to come and go. The gates were down, the the, the walls were down, and and they just kind of got used to it and allowed it to happen. And, and of course, with Nehemiah rebuilding the walls, and and that's an incredible story in in the Old Testament. But uh, just within a few weeks, uh, I led a group of about 400 people into a Raleigh City Council meeting where they were trying to add sexual orientation to the list of protected classes in the city, and uh, that's when Call to Action was born. So shortly after that, we got involved with folks in the family, did a huge rally here in 2004, distributed 50,000 voter guides into churches, and uh, it was just wild from that point on. So I've been involved in all kinds of activism as well as uh, but, but Steve, events, so. did you say you distributed these voter guides in churches? Isn't there a, sep- isn't there a, church- isn't there a separation of church and state? Yeah, well, I'm actually, I'm not calling you from jail right now. So, <laughs> you know, as long as it's a, a non, what they call a nonpartisan voter guide, uh, you can do that all day long. You can do voter guides that just ask questions. Now, the one thing, this you'll find this uh, amusing, the one thing that we got in hot water for that year with our voter guide is because when all the liberal candidates uh, chose not to respond, we emailed it to them, we mailed it to them by registered mail, we called them. When they didn't fill out the response, when they didn't give us their answers, on the voter guide itself, we put, refused to respond. (laughs) 
And they got all upset with us. You can't say that. And I said, we gave you an opportunity. You received it. You chose not to do it. In the English language, I can say that you refused to respond. It's accurate. But they thought that was all twisted and one-sided. But, you know, that was really effective. And and uh, ever since then, people literally around here will email me every election cycle and say, Steve, who should I vote for? Now, that's great. I appreciate their confidence. However, it's sad because they're obviously not willing to do the work on their own, but I'm happy to help them. So, right, right. Uh, now, it's called to action. All kinds of things. It's called to action pretty much. Is it statewide or is it pretty much around the in the Raleigh Triangle area? Where, where do you operate? It's pretty much the Triangle area, although we have engaged uh, in statewide issues as well as national issues because of uh, email list and association with, uh, part, with pastors, also big national groups that you're aware of, like American Family Association, Family Research Council. So uh, also Raleigh is the state capital, so the legislature's right here. So it was easy for us also to put a lot of pressure on the legislators because they're in our backyard. Excellent. So we were, uh, we're pretty much, there's, there's never a lack of anything to do. It's a target-rich environment, and, uh, which you have to be careful with. You, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, politics and the culture war is important, but the gospel is preeminent. Yeah. So that, that's one thing that I would say has changed for me since 2004, where I'm still involved in the culture war, and especially right now with the marriage amendment fight in North Carolina. Okay, before we get to that, what, what, about, what about the idea, see, sorry to interrupt you, but what about the idea of the, that they're mutually exclusive? You're either in the gospel work or you're in culture war work, and hey, Steve, you know, you can't do them both. Yeah, that just doesn't work. An- answer that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, where does it say that in the Bible, you know? You. I mean, yeah, I always ask people when they do that, you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. I always ask them what other areas of life they divorce their Christianity from. <laughs> right. You know, one of the challenges is, and this is the only, the only reason we can do this, the number one question I've gotten for years, Peter, is, Steve, how do you do all this stuff? How are you involved in so many different things? I'm a seminary student now and sold my business last year, my little house painting company. How do you do all this? And, and I don't have an answer for that other than, the uh, the power of the Holy Spirit through a surrendered life of a Christian, and then all of a sudden you'd be shocked at what you're capable of doing and how many different things you can be involved in. You have to learn how to say no. You have to be very guarded with your time. Uh, but there is no area of life that I do not take my Christianity into, nor should my Christianity uh, not be affecting everything. I like what D. James Kennedy used to say: Christians should be like hurricanes, and everywhere we go, nothing stays the same. And and you approach it, for example, at the marriage thing, which we're going to talk about. You approach it with the love of Christ. In other words, you you don't. Uh, there is a difference. Christians are called to be more excellent, have that love of people, even though we stand for truth. And I think these days a lot of people want to love people, but they don't really want to stand for truth. Oh, that's right. that's somebody else's job. That's I don't want to be called a name, but you're you're doing it all. Well, I think you look at the the example of Christ Himself, who set the bar. And, and Jesus, the only people he really hammered in any kind of a quote-unquote ugly fashion were, the, were the, the religious leaders, the religious blowhards of the day. <laughs> That's who he hammered, all those hypocrites. And he engaged sinners, the rich young ruler, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, and he would always call them out on their sin, but he did it in such a loving and compassionate way because he was care, care, caring for their soul. But still, without, uh, without condemnation, without understanding that there is a price to be paid for sin, you're not telling somebody the truth, and in not telling them the truth, you're not loving them well. So that's the challenge, is to be able to engage things like this, where the homosexual, in this case, would tell you that you're being hateful. If you look at the results of that lifestyle, what happens to them both uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, 
psychologically here in this world, and if they never uh, make a decision to follow Christ, what happens to them eternally, mm-hmm. to not engage is to, is to love them, is, is to hate them, not to love them. So you have to, uh, you have to remember that. But it's always in your tone and how you approach things. And if your heart isn't right, sometimes the most Christ-like thing you can do is shut up. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> absolutely. And uh, Steve, we're talking to Steve Noble, who is an activist, a Christian leader uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's got his own radio show. He's got a book called The Making of a Christian Wacko. We'll talk about that. We'll be right back with Steve Noble after the break. Welcome back, folks. This is the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarbera with Americans for Truth about homosexuality, or AFTA. AFTA is a single-issue organization devoted to opposing and exposing the powerful homosexual activist lobby. Uh, we are vastly outspent, us in the entire pro-family movement, the, the universe of people, the small, tiny fraternity of people who are actively combating the homosexual lobby. But we have truth on our side, and they don't, which is why they need all that money. They need all those false uh, arguments, uh, born that way, et cetera. Uh, they need that because they're, they're swimming uphill. I mean, they are, they are on the opposite side of God's truth. And we're here with a guy whose name is Steve Noble. He wrote a book. This tells you all about, you need to know about Steve. Well, not all of it, but his book is called The Making of a Christian Wacko. And, you know, <laughs> to our enemies, Steve, we are wackos. I mean, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, to most people in the church, I'm probably a wacko. <laughs> right. We are to be fools for Christ, but uh, right. I think uh, the other side takes it to an extreme. And, and But um, now, before we get to the marriage amendment, anything else about your family? I mean, is your wife engaged in this battle as well? You've got how many kids? Well, we have four kids. We're homeschooling, so that is another level of wacko-ness, if that word exists. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, really, I couldn't uh, – I always have to give tremendous uh, thanks and, and respect to my wife, Gina, because, really, without her support and her, her loving kindness behind this, I couldn't keep doing it. And, you know, my four kids, who I realize are a blessing from the Lord, you know, I think about how much kingdom damage I can do uh, for the Lord and for His kingdom by myself. Well, if I correctly, if we correctly raise our four kids, you can multiply that effect. So, you know, yeah. they're really behind all this. They love the radio. They love the activism. But it's hard to teach them to, to, to remember to continue to love people, even though you're opposing their positions or their activities. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I'm sure you. And it's tough to train that. You're probably like me. I mean, you know, I'm involved in the battle, and you, you have to come. You have to repent. You, there's oh, times when you're you're fighting, and you're not really loving people. People, I, I don't pray for President Obama like I should as enough, I, rarely, and I need to do that more because we are called to do that in the scriptures, right. as you spoke of last week. And uh, folks, uh, before I forget, uh, Steve's website is C2A, and it's the number two, the letter C, the number two, A, uh, called to action, today.org, and you can get the archive of his shows uh, that are, I'm sure they're excellent. I've only been there once to the site. Uh, his book is called The Making of a Christian Wacko. You can get it for 10 bucks through the website. Steve, before we start talking about the, the lay of the land with regard to so-called homosexual marriage in uh, North Carolina, I want to tell me you must have had encounters with proud homosexuals on your show. Tell us about one encounter that you would call uh, with somebody who was trying to sell homosexuality or gay Christianity, so-called, to you, and how you responded. Well, this was actually a few years ago on uh, the big talk radio show that would come on after Rush Limbaugh on the biggest uh, non-Christian talk radio station in town at the time. Uh, Bill LeMay is a local host. We did all three hours talking about the marriage amendment, and he had one uh, homosexual gentleman that used to call in a lot. I think his name was Dave. He called in towards the end of the show, and, and uh, 
his point was, hey, listen, I'm so I'm, I'm so tired of listening to all you Christians banter about uh, uh, marriage and our our sexual life and how we choose to live our lives. You guys have plenty of divorce in the church, and you guys have all kinds of problems with adultery and pornography. So, uh, you know, I think you guys are just a bunch of hypocrites uh, to be talking to us about anything relative to marriage or uh, sexual relations. And, of course, it would be easy to go one direction with that, but I chose to go a different. I said, well, you know what, Dave? Uh, This may surprise you, but I agree with you. I think that, that if we don't address our own sin, and in the Bible I would say that's right. a plank sticking out of our eye, right. uh, then yeah, we are a bunch of blowhards, and uh, and we do drop the ball on that in that way. And I agree with you. However, that being said, that doesn't give you nor me the opportunity nor the inclination nor the right to change what the bar is, because no matter how hard you try... Uh, two men will never make a mom and two women will never make a dad. And the best way to raise children, not only in a Christian perspective, but from what's best for society and to raise responsible, good citizens is in a home with a mom and a dad. And, uh, and you're trying to change that. And that harms everybody both now and in the future. So you're talking about a, I'm talking about B. So as long as we stay on B, I'm happy to engage you. If you want to talk about a, I already agreed with you. So we need to move on. And, uh, and that was it. You know, he wasn't expecting that. Right. But when they come at you that way, I, I always just agree with them. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, certainly. There's lots of hypocrisy. I and mean, even sure. Ro- Ronald Reagan, as great as he was, brought us uh, no fault divorce. No fault divorce. Thanks That's a lot, right. Ron. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, now the, the C there that he probably would not want to discuss with you either is uh, former homosexuals, which have existed right. since Bible times. Uh, right. I mean, uh, there are oh, people who've left several the lifestyle. Mine, actually, yeah, several friends of mine that uh, really for both of them, they got saved. And then the power of the Holy Spirit and, and getting into the scriptures and understanding God's word came under ter- tremendous conviction, knowing that, hey, I'm, I'm living this sinful lifestyle and I got to get out. I got to stop. I have to repent. And if I'm going to follow Christ, I need to do what he commands. He said, if I love him, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And that's what happened with the two gentlemen. They, they both speak out all the time. One of them went to seminary. Great guys, love the Lord. Both are married and have children. And, uh, man, yeah, they never want to talk about former homosexuals. Yeah, Christ changes. This idea that that's coming out of the emergent church or, you know, the liberal evangelicals in which we don't want to talk about ex-gays and, and people who've left the lifestyle. I mean, you know, Jesus, it, nobody has a problem believing that Jesus could change murderers, drug addicts, anybody. And yet somehow homosexuals, people practicing homosexuality, that is held up as something, oh, no, that's that's right. verboten. Can't talk about that. Nope. Well, again, it's, it's a... Uh, the homosexual lifestyle is just dealing with, it's not an orientation, it's just a temptation. And so that's, you know, we all face that, but they, they're the only ones really, that's the only group of sinners that's chosen to uh, try to attack the entire world, uh, let alone the, the Word of God, to say, nope, nope, we're going to keep fighting until you all agree with us that this right. thing that we know is a sin isn't. Right. There are other sins, but we don't see adultery pride parades every June. Right. So uh, exactly. Right. Now, okay, let's talk about North Carolina. Give us the lay of the land. Tell us about how, why now with their new Republican-led uh, legislature, what, how did this come to be that you now finally have a chance to join the other states in the southeast uh, and pass uh, a marriage protection amendment? Well, this may come as a bit of a surprise to your, uh, your folks up there that uh, are familiar with you in Illinois, where I used to live. I used to live in Chicago. But uh, North Carolina has a whole lot of Yankees, a whole lot of people from the West Coast, a whole lot of people from the Northeast. So the Bible Belt has decidedly slidden. Uh, it slid south. Okay, the, 
the waistline of the country in terms of the Bible Belt has slid south. This, this state was controlled, the legislature was controlled by Democrats for over a century, over 100 years. So for the last eight or nine years, we've been fighting just to get the marriage amendment out of a dead committee just so the people could vote on it. Well, last year, uh, or two years ago for the first time, the Republicans took over the legislature, so this thing squeaked out last year, which gave us the uh, opportunity to vote on it May 8th. Now, the homosexual activists in North Carolina have really had their way with the state and the leadership for years. And, uh, and they, we have a Defense of Marriage Act, which is a state statute, the state law. And uh, they never made any noise about that because it's, turning that over only requires one activist judge as opposed to having to deal with the will of the people. That's why all of a sudden when the amendment comes out for a vote, they go nuts. Because now you got the will of the people to deal with, and they know that that's a bad thing for them. That the, the vast majority of Americans still support traditional marriage, one man, one woman, and, uh, and that's why they're, they're fighting so hard. Now, in this state, Peter, it's interesting, they're not even really talking about, we love each other, too, and we want the right to be married. That's not the way they're playing it. Uh, they've abandoned that in North Carolina. Here's what they're talking about. I'm looking at their website right now. The amendment harms children. The amendment harms families. The amendment harms unmarried women. The amendment harms unmarried seniors. Then they make all these baseless allegations about all these uh, supposed lawsuits that could happen. And actually, in the other 30 states where they've passed it, none of this has happened. The only time it went through, it ended up at the Ohio State Supreme Court, and they threw it out. So they're just baseless allegations. They're basically lying, but, but they're so smart. They're so good at this. It's really just tugging at people's heartstrings. Oh, no. If I protect marriage, which I want to do, this, this, this amendment, gosh, I guess it's just poorly written. It's going to have all these problems. It's all a bunch of lies. Right. It's about sowing doubt right now because they know they pro- they're going to lose this one. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. They're well-funded. They're well-organized. Uh, right now in North Carolina, the polls show that we're up about 60 61% to mid-30s and with some undecideds out there. But the, they're going to hit the TV here real hard in the last three weeks. And this message, they're going to have kids and old people. It's going to be classic scare the tar out of everyone that you get from the liberals from the top on down. And that's the way it's going in this state right now. Now, how effective do you think this propaganda blitz is going to be? Uh, I think it emboldens their base. I think it, uh, I think it really call, calls into question the, the stability of the mushy middle. And I think there's probably a lot of uh, uninformed uh, Christians, God-fearing people down here in North Carolina that are really going to struggle with it. Because when you, when you buy, if you buy the propaganda and the way that it's packaged, you go, oh, gosh, you have this conflict that I just mentioned. I, I, yeah, I believe marriage should be one man and one woman, clearly. But I guess maybe they just wrote this, this amendment poorly. Something's wrong here. Right. Uh, but once you dig into each one of these things, actually the most salacious thing they've said, which has been the most offensive one to me, is that uh, suicides are going to go up. Teen suicides, yeah. because now you're codifying in your, um, in your uh, state constitution this second or third class citizenship uh, for these poor young people that are struggling with same-sex attraction. So they're going to kill themselves even more than they already are. I mean, it's a disgusting approach, but, but nothing is really below these people. Well, all. it's just shameless to exploit this, uh, the, the poor kids who are confused. Many come from right. uh, broken homes or have other problems. And now the, virtually the entire debate now, as you know, Steve, the entire push for homosexuality, not just in marriage, but in all areas of life, is being reduced to this, oh, 
you know, the poor bullied kids. Right. You can't right. say anything. Anything you say will cause a kid to run over and commit suicide. It's just unbelievably crass. Yeah. And of course, it doesn't help the kids who are now doing uh, repeat suicides. No. They, they're no, watching it right. on, they hear about some case and they're going out and they're doing, uh, they're imitating it and committing right. suicides right. like that. Yeah, they're taking this terrible tragedy and turning it into political coinage. It's really without excuse. And, and even their website, I mean, this is their campaign in North Carolina is called Protect All North Carolina Families. It looks so pro-family, pro-mom and dad, pro-kids. I mean, it's just uh, deceptive. Well, I want to talk to you about that in the next, after the next break, about you know, the, the increasing use of morality-type language among people who are actually promoting the normalcy of a perversion. It's, it's quite uh, bizarre, but it's happening more and more because the other side knows that we are still sort of a religious, uh, quasi-moralistic country. We're talking to Steve Noble, an activist from Raleigh, North Carolina. We'll be right back after the break. Are you sick and tired of homosexuality and gay marriage being celebrated by the liberal media and popular culture? Do you worry about the radical gay agenda being pushed on young children in schools? Are you worried that the gay movement will destroy America's religious freedoms? And are you offended that Christians are called bigots and homophobes just because they agree with God that homosexual behavior is wrong? Americans for Truth About Homosexuality is a single-issue group devoted to exposing and fighting the gay agenda. They are not about hate, but love for God's truth. They are Christians, so instead of celebrating homosexuality, they lift up the many ex-gays who have left it behind and now lead godly lives through Christ. But Americans for Truth needs your help. The gay lobby has lots of money, power, and media support, but it lacks truth. Please help keep this show on the air and educate America about the dangerous goals of this anti-Christian movement. Make your gift online today at AmericansForTruth.com. That's AmericansForTruth.com. Welcome back, folks, to the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarber, president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. Our website is Americans for Truth, all written out, americansfortruth.com or .org. Uh, we have our programs archived. Just go to the button. It says Americans for Truth Hour at the right. Click it. And we've got all our radio interviews archived. This one, too, will be inter- uh, will be archived with Steve Noble. And we're going to be working with Steve a lot more over the years. Uh, he's a t- tremendous activist, very well informed. He's got a book out called The Making of a Christian Wacko. And uh, as a fellow wacko myself, I can endorse this. <laughs> now, all the gay activists will say, Peter LaBarbera admitted he's a wacko. <laughs> because that's how they like to operate. About they, time, Peter. Really one of the most humorless bunch of people I've ever uh, met in my life. Um, but uh, Steve's website is C2A, and that's the letter C, the number two, the letter A, today.org. Uh, Steve is laying out the land for us on North Carolina, where there is a big vote on May 8th. Steve, everybody in the country is watching this. The homosexual activists would love to take down a southern state. And right. so they are going to sink how much? Over a million bucks in TV ads? Oh, yeah, they're well over a million, and they're raising money right and left. Yeah, and North Carolina is the only state in the southeast that doesn't have a marriage amendment. Because of the Democrats. So it would be a great prize for them. That's because of the Democrats. Exactly right. Right. Now, and there was a lot of pressure. There, I can't remember. Uh, Senator Forrester, who has since uh-huh. passed away, he, yeah. he, he fought for this. By the way, they savaged him after he died. Uh, yeah, right. Loving uh, and tolerant as the homosexual side is. Uh, the poor guy, uh, you know, his reputation, they tried to say he wasn't uh, he wasn't really a member of this medical association 
situation. Well, turns out his membership had just lapsed. He's, he's a doctor. He didn't he didn't have anything to prove to to be a respected doctor and a legislator. But uh, you know, it's all about demonization, Steve. And I'm sure you have been uh, demonized yourself by by the other side. Uh, how how do you handle that when when there's all these lies that are coming forth all the time about people who are just trying to defend God's truth the best they can? Well, it, it doesn't really. It doesn't, quite honestly, it doesn't impact me in the least. Uh, because hey, Jesus himself said, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So, you know, I expect lemons to fall off a lemon tree. <laughs> so I don't get upset when it happens. Right. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I go, okay, good. That means I'm on the radar screen. That means they know where I stand. Right. And I often ask people, Peter, when's the last time you felt hated for being a follower of Christ? Not that you run around and try to create that as some right. kind of badge of honor. Right. But if, you're never, if you never feel any heat for being a Christian, that's probably because nobody knows you are one. <laughs> right. You and will so be for hated. Me, I just, I just go, you know, whatever. You yeah. know, I don't care. You know, the only time that I care is if I, and I've never felt uh, physically threatened. A few times I'll go out of the uh, studio building out of a different exit. I mean, I've done shows on, on Muslims and Islam. Uh, I've, I've been nervous some of those times. And, and uh, uh, that's the only time that I really give it much thought. And that's not for my own safety, but for my wife and my four kids. That's right. the only time. But that's not really ever become an issue. And if it does, uh, you know, I'm ready to lay my life down to protect my wife and my family, and, and uh, the scriptures are pretty clear on that one. But too. you, but you will be hated. You're absolutely right. And oh, we, sure. And me, you, and I share the view that the biblical view that we're talking about a movement which is seeking to normalize what God calls an abomination. Now, they do that by various means. They, they don't talk about the behavior. They want to talk about identity. I'm a sexual orientation, which is not found in the scriptures. I mean, I have, we all have sinful orientations, I believe. And, right. and yep. uh, the difference here is, as we said, you know, we don't, uh, we don't have President Obama declaring uh, you know, porn users Pride Month. But somehow right. this is the special sin. This is the special behavior, the special condition, I guess you could say, which uh, has a huge lobby movement behind it. And Christians, if if you're wondering, that's why we have to fight, because there is this huge lobby behind this sin. Now, Steve, in North Carolina, how is the effort going uh, among Christians and churches to to pass this marriage amendment? Are you confident? Are you guarded about how it's going? Tell us what's going on. I'm, 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 I think I'm uh, optimistic. I'm reservedly optimistic, but I'm optimistic. You know, we still... This, uh, I, I, I slammed the fact that we're the South earlier. The Bible belts moved south of, of Raleigh, but uh, there's still a lot of uh, God-fearing people in this state, and you've got a lot of smart folks here. Actually, in the Triangle area, we have the highest per capita amount of PhDs anywhere in the world, uh, which is great for intelligence, not so hot for spiritual enlightenment, because they're usually uh, the, the, the quote-unquote smarter you get, the dumber you get when it comes to truth, and the truth of God's Word. So, uh, but, but you've got a lot of people, most of it's a grassroots-type folks across the state of North Carolina, and ultimately, when it's just about marriage, one man, one woman, that's marriage, it's a done deal. The challenge is, because of the way these guys have come at it, to protect all NC families uh, folks, the pro-homosexual crowd, uh, they're crafty, boy, and uh, they've got, they're smart themselves. They have all, more time on their hands than most of us married heterosexuals. They don't have kids, most of them, so they, they're very driven. They have a huge spiritual chip on their shoulder, and, uh, and they're just relentless. And so and they're out here trying to deceive people, 
And my fear is because most people are, are ignorant, unfortunately, uh, they're easily deceived. And we see that, by the way, these guys, you were mentioning this earlier, flipping over, uh, saying what's, what's good is evil and what's evil is good. And, hey, I was born this way, and I actually agree with them. I say, hey, I, w- I was born a sinner, too. I'm with you on that. But right. uh, <laughs> that's things that you have to repent of and walk away from. But uh, they're crafty, but I'm still confident. You know, I'm, I'm a, I can be a bit of a pessimist sometimes, or at least a realist, uh, that I'm not going to let my guard down and assume because there's a Bible, there's a church on every corner, at least in Raleigh, North Carolina, that we're going to get this thing done. Right. Uh, nope, that's a fool's position. Absolutely, yeah, and, and no you got to work it, and the other oh, side right. does. Now you've got uh, you've got uh, I think unity among black and white believers. You've got uh, Patrick Wooden out and other black uh, Christian leaders. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, he's on your show. He's a friend. Um, t- <laughs> briefly, tell us how you came up with this black white day thing (laughs) (laughs) well patrick and i and he said this when he was on the show yesterday one of the things that he really appreciates about me uh and our relationship is that we can just talk regular i I don't walk on eggshells i mean one of the first times i had him on the show i said okay pastor uh do me a favor uh should i are you a black man are you an (laughs) african-american are you a negro what do i call you and he goes he goes well what do i look like to you i said you look really dark brown (laughs) And he's like, yeah, well, most people would say black. I said, all right, so you're not offended if I call you a black man? No, I'm basically a black man. All right, what should I call you, Steve? I said, I don't know. What do I look like to you? He goes, you're very white. (laughs) I said, okay, just call me a white guy. All right. And so that's what we do that. I mean, we have, I played the theme music for you for Black and White Day. One One of the songs that's buried inside of that is the old Oreo theme song. O-R-E-O, black on the outside, white on the inside. People go, oh, my goodness, how can you say that? Hey, there's, these are two guys that look different, but you cut us open. We're 99% identical, and we love Jesus. So the rest of that stuff, we yeah. can deal with it with humor. We talked about Trayvon Martin yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, and as a black conservative, Patrick Wooden comes at it differently, but he looks at both sides like I do. And uh, it's just been great, and people just aren't used to that. They're not, oh, they're not used to an open, honest, Absolutely. And, uh, somewhat humorous exchange between two guys who... Uh, our ultimate unity is found at the foot of the cross. So all the other stuff, we, and, we can and, go down any road together. It doesn't uh, matter what it is. Yeah, and isn't that? I mean, when racism is gone, we're all brothers in Christ. That's right. You know, we're we're people, and there's just too much focus on race, and it's just right. uh, it is refreshing when you can just be honest. I remember a story. I, I was on a t- guy told me he was on a plane and with a black guy. He was white, and uh, they were talking about the O.J. Simpson case, and he was you know he was just couldn't tell the guy that he thought O.J. was guilty. So afterwards, he's talking, off, getting off the plane with his white friend, and he's relaying the story, and the guy said, you think O.J. was innocent? I goes, oh, no, no, of course not. He just didn't want to say that to the black guy. Well, that's not, you're not really having, you don't really have good race relations when you can't right. talk honestly. No, and, right. and uh, you know, that you're a good, good approach. Now, um, are the black churches more solid on this issue than uh, the mostly white churches, or and are there a lot of Hispanics in North Carolina? How are they voting? Do you have a sense of that? There's a lot of Hispanics, and when you get into Hispanics and you get into the black vote, you know, that's always a mystery because uh, Barna research would show you that that they're really strong biblical worldview-wise, but they generally don't take that into the voting booth. Unless they're dealing with abortion by itself or, or, or marriage by itself, then they're really strong. But, you know, even, even Catholics, the, the greatest pro-life denomination, uh, 45, 48% of them voted for Obama, the most pro-abort, pro-homosexual president we've ever had. So I don't really pay that much attention to the color of somebody's skin or what denomination they're in. Uh, You know, actions speak louder than words. But the black, uh, in terms of this one on May 8th, 
you know, I think the the black population in North Carolina will will break real strong for the marriage uh, amendment. I think the Hispanic population will too. The white population is mixed, but evangelicals will break, you know, heavily for the marriage amendment. But I still think, you know, if we if we walk away with sixty five percent and a win, uh, you know, I think that'll be great. Right now, tell me, how did they? What is this thing of them, uh, the homosexual side, calling it Amendment One, where it's actually called the marriage amendment? Is that just another attempt to obfuscate? I think the odds are good. Yeah, it, Amendment One. It's it's never been called Amendment One. It's not called Amendment One on the bill itself. It's not a called amen, Amendment One on the ballot. It's actually on the back of the the ballot, and it just says uh, marriage amendment, and you vote for it. It says for or against. Vote <laughs> for it, and that's it. So Amendment One. You know, I think they are expecting people to be foolish and looking on the ballot. I didn't see an Amendment One. Right. You know, well, that's because it's not called Amendment One. Yeah. People go, is that, is that, did they do that on purpose? <laughs> to which I say, duh. Right. Yeah. We've, we've seen it time and time again, the cheap shots sure. and the cheap tricks. Uh, uh, but it's a marriage amendment it, it, and uh, the, the wording is basically very simple. I don't have it in front of me. Steve, do you have it? Uh, I can pull it up if you keep talking. Yeah, well, it's basically affirming marriage, and it does have a provision, folks, uh, in case you wondered. It says that private contracts, now we still disagree with homosexual unions, but it does say that the the bill or the amendment does not affect private uh, contracts between people. and right. or, or the that. Yeah, the ability to, if you wanted to will your, you know, your house to somebody. Of course, anybody can do that, homosexuals or anybody in this society. So that's another canard that they're trying to uh, dispense with. By that, that is actually in the amendment that it does not apply to that. Yeah, that's sentence number two. Okay, do you have the wording? No, I'll get it. Just okay. keep going. Well, we got 50 seconds of the break, but uh, we're talking to Steve Noble, who's got a book out called The Making of a Christian Wacko. Um, are you next? And uh, he is a talk show host in Raleigh, North Carolina. And Steve uh, takes a decidedly Christian approach to the work that he does. Folks, while Steve is looking for that, I'm going to make an end of the break uh, pitch here for Americans for Truth. We also need uh, funds and help to keep our radio program going. Uh, You can support us at americansfortruth.org. There's a donate button at the top. You can give by credit card or you can mail a check in. We've got our um, spring money bomb going. We're trying to match or trying to get $10,000 in donations. So if you like what we do, uh, support us taking our lonely stance against the homosexual lobby. Go up to americansfortruth.org and make a gift. We'll be right back with Steve Noble uh, right after the break. Welcome back, folks, to our final segment with Raleigh, North Carolina activist uh, Steve Noble. His website is C2A. That stands for Called to Action. It's the letter C, the number two, the letter A, today.org. You can get his radio uh, broadcast archives. Steve, do you have that language for the marriage amendment in North Carolina? Yeah, what shows up on the ballot is for or against constitutional amendment to provide that marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that should be valid or recognized by this state. So that's what's on the ballot. The full wording that would actually end up in the uh, would be amendment to Article 14 of North Carolina State Constitution, Section 6, would say this. Marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that shall be valid or recognized in this state. Now, here's the really important part that, that exposes their lie. 
This section does not prohibit a private party from entering into contracts with another private party, nor does this section prohibit courts from adjudicating the rights of private parties pursuant to such contracts. So all the private party stuff, uh, two people, married, unmarried, uh, same sex, uh, uh, opposite sex, they can have all the private contracts they want. They can deal with hospital visitation. They can deal with health care. They can deal with adoption, child rights, parental rights, all that stuff. It doesn't touch any of those things. So all of their all of their allegations are baseless and basically a lie. And yet it does cover uh, civil unions, which is a good thing, uh, because yep. in Illinois we have civil unions. It was rammed through by the Democratic-dominated uh, lame duck legislature. And lo and behold, within a couple of months, we saw the direct attacks on religious liberty. Uh, uh, you know, and, the, and civil unions isn't what they're after, and it's not what they want, because right. civil unions doesn't address what I would call the sin side of it. They want it. They want the whole, quote-unquote, gay marriage thing passed, because then they can do equivocation. They can say, see, your standards are out, and our standards are in. We want the marriage language, because that eliminates your sin bias against us. That's why they want that. That's the spiritual side of it. And Steve, that is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up, because that is not usually discussed. We focus so heavily on sort of secular parent, uh, parenting arguments and very valid arguments. Children need a mother and a father, the social science research, etc. But you're talking about the spiritual significance of attaching that name, marriage, to the sin of homosexuality. Right. When you, when you refuse to repent, the only option you have left is to redefine. So you say, all right, I'm just going to take this sin right out of the Bible by redefining it, and I'm going to get rid of it. That's why when you do that, and again, that's, this is the really sad spiritual underbelly of the whole thing for me as I look at the situation. I, I'm, I'm looking at people, men and women, caught up in their sin, uh, slaves, enslaved by their sin. It's the playground of of Satan and the evil forces against uh, God's way, and and they are so broken and so angry at the world, telling them and pointing out to them, there's something wrong with you. There's your lifestyle's messed up. It's deviant. All the things that get said, and th- these are broken people who desperately want to feel whole, but they're not willing to repent. So their only option is to redefine. I'm going to try to force everybody to agree with me that what I'm doing is in fact not wrong but right and beautiful, and even God made me this way. They're literally trying to redefine the Bible itself in order to get away from repentance. Yeah, I think of that Harry Knox quote. Harry Knox was a, as a homosexual activist who was appointed uh, to a position by President Obama, and he was with the, I don't know if he still is, but he was with the Human Rights Campaign, and he made this incredible comment where he said that his sexual orientation was, a, his homosexual quote, sexual orientation, unquote, was a gift from God. And how dare anyone say he should return the gift? I mean, if that is in Isaiah 520, good is evil and evil is good, what is, Steve? Well, that's where you say, okay, show me that in Scripture. Now, that's where these guys get themselves, even the people of faith against Amendment 1 here in North Carolina. And I've gone back and forth with several of them, and uh, none of them. None of them can step up to the plate scripturally and defend any position. Well, God, God loves people. Jesus loves people. Okay, fine. Uh, show me again in the scriptures where marriage is not a man and a woman. Show me in the scriptures where homosexuality is not sin. And they can't do it. Right. And, and so I guess they're using a dry erase Bible. And Steve, what, just for a minute, say as a Christian, the idea of homosexual marriage, I mean, that is so oxymoronic and preposterous. And yet you, you do find, you find people like Peggy Campolo in the name of Christ. She embraces homosexual so-called marriage, which is just blasphemous. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, that that they'll usually come down liber, the liberal, quote unquote, liberal Christians. Which I think, when you're that liberal with Scripture, you're not a Christian. I don't know that woman's heart, but uh, I can look at her fruit, and her fruit stinks, at least on this issue. But you know, you look at that. And, and there's no basis in reality in terms of the Scripture. And a lot of times they'll go, well, Jesus is all about love. Yes, and he loves people enough to tell them that they need to repent uh, and tells them the truth. And so that's, that's where they get, they'll just take one, they'll lift Scripture, they'll go, hey, Jesus is all about love. Okay, I agree with you. But he's also all about judgment. He's also all about the law. I didn't come to get rid of the law. I came to fulfill the law. He's all about the fact that every sin must be paid for, either by him or the individual committing the sin. Mm-hmm. So they, they just, they cannot do, be intellectually honest and use the scriptures to support their position. So right. all they can do is grab the dry erase Bible, get rid of the parts that don't help them, and highlight the parts that they think help them. Right, and then the cynical part of the other side is, uh, hey, we got to use the religious people. We know North Carolina, hey, we're still in the Bible Belt, you know, uh, it's more liberal than people realize, but we're still in the Bible Belt. We have to use religious and moral arguments to promote this sinful lifestyle. And so they go about, I mean, I was at a conference where they were, they, they're doing polling, Steve. I mean, they're doing some, some pretty sophisticated work in trying to, as one activist put it, drill down the Christian arguments to, to win evangelicals mainly and Catholics and religious people over to the side of homosexuality. Right. Right. And Got it. Uh, well, and and uh, I guess, you know, it's it's one-on-one discussions is what it comes down to, Steve. It's people like you standing up for the Word of God is is what, how to, to you know, encounter those people. Right. You got it. Well, there's one, and, and I don't know if we have enough time for this, but... Uh, two, min- two, two minutes left, 2.30. There's a guy named John Burns I've been going back and forth with on emails about the marriage amendment, and he was getting frustrated. So one time he's just like, uh, you know, you're a bigot. <laughs> That was that was it. That, you know, and so I'm going back and forth with this guy, and then he says, "Here's what he said." No, I, 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 I told him I'm not angry at you, John, and, and he goes, "No, I cannot." Meaning he is angry. I am angry that you cloak your politics and religion, and then claim that those who disagree with you are apostates. That is wrong. Now, here's what I said to him, and then we're done. I'm not cloaking anything, John. I openly admit that my politics is based on my Christian faith and God's word, and I try to do that with every area of my life. Apostates abandon the faith. Don't know if you've done that, but I do know that you refuse to make a case for so-called gay marriage by utilizing the Bible, which is the basis of the Christian faith. My claim is simple. The Bible does not support two men marrying or two women. One last thought. Is it somehow wrong for me to combine my politics and my faith? What determines your politics, John? Is it not your own worldview, i.e. your faith? And so they just get into this circular argument, which they, it falls apart quickly. And then that's where you've got to be there willing to share the gospel with them because they're lost. Right. And, and they're always you know, falling back on that you're a bigot charge. Or, yep. And then the, the infamous now, the four-letter word hate. You know. yeah, uh, well, you know, just by virtue of this discussion, Steve, you are a, a hateful homophobe. And, and that, unfortunately, with the liberal media, I could say maybe the agnostic media, that resonates and they're complying to the demands of this very aggressive and vocal homosexual lobby. Uh, right. one, min- one minute left. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. And you have to remember, uh, they can call you names all day long. But if you can lay your efforts and your heart before the Lord uh, and your conscience is fine because that's the Holy Spirit inside of you, then you're fine. So people can tell me I'm hateful all day long. They can tell me I'm a bigot all day long. I know that I'm not. 
And I know my heart that the scriptures implore us to examine our own hearts, to be like David and ask the Lord, search my heart and reveal in me any unclean or wicked thing. And we do that, have to do that often. Uh, but I know my heart is right, and when I care about these issues, I care about the people that it's affecting, not only those of us in the church, but the people that are caught up in that lifestyle and whose bodies and lives will reap the uh, will, will reap the downside benefits of that, if you can call them benefits, you know what I mean. But right, right. that's where the gospel has to be, it's, front right. and center in our lives and, Steve, and loving people. we've got to end it here, but thank you so much, Steve Noble. Pray for the effort in North Carolina and the vote. Please do. Please pray for it. Steve, thank you so much. His website again, c2atoday.org. Steve Noble, look him up. Go listen to his broadcast. Thank you so much, Steve. God bless. Thank you, Peter. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This was the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Tune in Saturdays at 11 p.m. to hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Stay informed and engaged on the issues of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with them as they work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. The Americans for Truth Hour, Saturdays at 11 p.m. on AM 1160.